Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and our word on KCB 106.5 FM Los Angeles, 102.3 FM Riverside, and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Okay, we're back, and joining us uh, is Brett Butler. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us today. Hi, well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for asking me. So, um... Now, um, I, I'm sure a lot of the public knows you from uh, being on television and being a stand-up comedian and things like that, but um, um, our show's kind of based in the paranormal, so I, I, I'm very interested that um, you now are um, doing some psychic work and some readings. Um, right. How, how did that all start? Like, where did it come from for you? Has it been something you've done all your life? You know, I I didn't really know I could do it until maybe a little bit less than ten years ago. Looking back, and and by the way, all all people possess different degrees and different sorts of psychic ability, and they they vary in depth and breadth over time. And but in my case, mediumship is a rather pronounced you know level of the gift, and it sort of hit me. Well, in in one one in one occasion, about seven or eight years ago, and I squiggled around. It wasn't anything I I wanted to hang a shingle about or tell people about right away. I actually spent a lot of time double checking and developing it before I told people that it was something that I could do. Was there a particular event that happened to you that made you go, oh? Wow, what's this? Well, yes, I, I was with a friend one night, and uh, we were actually in, she had to get 
so she's a school, she's a teacher, and had to get art supplies. And we were in a Walmart, and I know the elderly greeter there is, uh, this is at the, in the Appalachian Mountains, actually, in, in the southern Appalachian, North Georgia. Anyway, we walked by, and I said hello to him, and um, I think I was pretty tired that night. It was really late, and uh, I remember asking him, Something about his grandfather and his grandfather's name, the city he was from, which wasn't where we were at the time, and about eight questions in a row that were specific and all of them answered in the affirmative. And after I was done, he just sort of twinkled and looked at me, no kidding, and said, Miss Brett, you've got the shining, don't you? And I remember thinking, what? I mean, I know what it is, but it just sounds bizarre. And I said to my friend, who uh, walked off and I was sort of embarrassed. I said, uh, apparently I see dead people. And she said, I've been waiting for you to notice. And then I, I knew this about my friend. She's my age, and uh, like I said, she's an art teacher. And she'd been in an accident, an accident at 17 that killed everyone uh, but her, including her father. And she'd been psyched since then. She never told me that last part. Um, I remember about... 20 years ago, I won't say who she is, but a, a really famous medium and some friends of mine uh, in in Hollywood were telling me about her, and I sort of made fun of them. I said, oh, you guys are so L.A. with the psychic things, and they convinced me to get a reading with her, and as soon as we met, the first thing she said to me was, you can do what I can do, which didn't impress me until the end of our session an hour later when she'd been pretty specific about some really important things that were wonderful and comforting and mind-blowing in that sense. So when I wrote to her a few years ago thanking her for the heads up and kind of saying, well, I've, I've been slowly giving readings, I call them drive-bys at the time, she wrote back, be careful, you don't know the rules. And I made it, I'm glad she said that to me because it it made me not only investigate and procure protection for myself and the abilities, it made me want to demystify this whole thing, if at all possible. That's right. a big part of what I do, actually. I, I'll talk to someone, and I'm certainly not saying I can do this all the time, but uh, a lot of the times I can know how people are psychic, the ways that they're you know, clairaudient, clairsentient. Um, sometimes my hands will heat up if I'm talking to someone who could be a hands-on healer. And in that case, I don't always tell people when I perceive them to have a lot of ability simply because I I can't determine if they would proceed with that information in a balanced way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, totally. And um, so how have you been developing it? Have you been um, getting help from someone else that does it? or? Uh, no, I just developed it. Uh, well, I figure if, if I'm getting that information from spirit, then there's a lot of information I could get that I, I work with. First of all, uh, being psychic, uh, there are people, and I've, I've said this before in interviews, with, who, are, who have no moral compass at all, who have strong psychic abilities. It's no respecter of people. It does. If I had any inkling at all to think I'm singled out or special because of this, uh, I would have to discard that pretty quickly based on just the, the character or lack of character of some of the people that could do this. What I decided is that what would make this special at all for me is that I would claim the protection that's here for me and I uh, I don't discuss the ways that I do that not because I'm so mysterious just because it's private and it's probably pretty boring 
Um, and, uh, and that if I, but if I put it in the light, that will make it stronger and protect it, not only the gifts, but the information that comes through. So do you think that you got this from your parents, or is it just something, uh, like you were saying, we all have? And um, how, how is it for you and your family now? My family's real proud of me, and I actually uh, have some nieces and nephews that are pretty profoundly gifted in this area, and I'm glad that it happened to me first. My family's known about this for 10 years. My mom's known about it my whole life. She told me, like, when when I first told her about this about eight years ago, she um, she thought about it a while and said, and, and I'm glad she remembered them, she she said, do you remember your imaginary friends? And they were really pretty detailed relationships, and they weren't like my friend Sally and a, and a pretend bunny rabbit. They were two real detailed relationships. I think their names were Mr. Promise and the Don Don, and one lived on a mantle and one lived behind a door, and she said they used to do this kind of ritual and make this food called Lurchicar. And what was weird is that from the ages of two to over six, when I had these friends, she said I made the food identically, like down to the quarter teaspoon of stuff. And I, I remember her talking to me about them. So when I told her this, she sort of blurted out, I think you've been seeing spirits your whole life, and if this is your second act and you don't forget that you're funny too, then I just, you know, rock and roll. Well, that's good. It's good to be supported. Um, so where do you see yourself going with this now? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, every day that goes by, uh, I have something interesting and new and something that hurt us explaining that, like, sounding fuzzy about it, I I don't want to, I don't, I don't ever take this for granted. I don't assume every day. I know I, I can be reasonably certain that if I do what, if I continue to do what I've been doing and stay open to it and, uh, and don't ever think I'm the source of this stuff, that this, I was afraid the gift would go away if I took money for it, that my abilities would diminish or if that I were exposed or, you know, if I came out about it. And the opposite seems to have happened with it. Um, I do think I'm special, but for other things. I, I don't think this is what makes it so. I, I get a kick out of it every time spirit comes through and I'm grateful for it every time. So, I'm not really sure. I'm still, you know, I, I work in show business. Actually, I'm real excited. I just got offered a, uh, the female lead, and it's a, it's a little independent film, but I'm pretty excited. And I'll see how, you know, how both these jobs work separately and braid together, you know. I uh, Like I had a, a gig from and just a role that they wrote for me in an HBO series, and my clients were really nice about being rescheduled because it was a quick shoot. I had to go to Texas for a few days. And uh, hopefully I can just keep working them both hand in hand. Yeah, that would be nice. Do you, now, does it change the way your work goes? Like when you're dealing with um, uh, doing a role or being filmed? And no, no, no. It uh -uh. doesn't? Well, I, I mean, do you ever pick I don't, up I'm these? not invasive at all with this thing, by the way. I get, I do get signals from people, like, you know, like, like we all do. Even in a big room, I can get the signal that there's like a butthead in the room, you know, before I even see who it is. I, I don't invade other people in any way psychically. I I just, again, like I said, there are people who have the gifts who aren't moral about it or anything. And uh, I don't think I will ever regret not being that way about it. 
um, but not using it for myself. My mom had a, a funny joke about it. Remember Samantha on Bewitched? Oh, yeah, yeah. She wouldn't use witchcraft to clean her house. And my mother said, that's silly. That's like people that win the lottery and won't quit their jobs. Um, if you don't, if I don't use this thing for me, then why have it? So in that sense, you know, I, I do. I've always, you know, everybody, I encourage everyone to work with their intuition. Not insanely, like, you know, don't go spend your whole paycheck on lottery tickets, things like that. That's insane. But, yeah. you know, on a day-to-day basis, intuition serves us all. And real, and, and just, especially for those quick thoughts that appear as a block of knowing in your head that just tell you, like, go a different route or, you know, maybe you know, check up on someone that if we follow those things and and I urge people to kind of keep a record of their own contemporary intuition hits. Like I go, just pay attention to how you feel before you go into a meeting or if you if you book an appointment for something. Just, you know, see what's out there. Uh, I think it's real important to keep 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 a foot on the ground at all times with this thing. Uh, but like I said, balance is so important and it's and it's nothing that that I do as, as well as I do other things. So I focus on that. Right. You know, that's like I say, there, there are people, if I told them how psychic I knew they were, they'd probably quit their jobs and buy a crystal ball and, you know, put like a <laughs> turban on or something. And that, I don't think that's what we're supposed to do with this. No. Is there anybody that influences you? Do you see someone out in public now on TV or that you hear on radio that you think, wow, this person's really good and you, you, they really influence you somehow? Uh, I think, uh, well, Michael Bodine and Joe Hu are buddies of mine, and, and they have, we, we have abilities that cross over each other and also that, that complement each other. We have strengths in different ways, and they've really been my friend throughout this. They're, they were, especially Michael, who's been so great. He has such a boots-on-the-ground mystic attitude about the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, Dave Schrader from Darkness Radio has been terrifically supportive about it, encouraging, and because uh, I I really was going to kind of keep it under a bushel, probably, and and just not. It, I was just fine doing it as it came up in my life. Like I would have people tell me that you know so and so is bereaved, or maybe give them a reading or something like that. And I, you know, in that sense, I've probably done close to a thousand over the last eight years. Um, so I'm really glad. Um, I'm glad they've been so encouraging. I'm glad they other psychics send people my way. And lately I've had other psychics call me for readings. So that that's very flattering. Yeah. And, and so you're doing readings for people now? Uh-huh, yes. And and so how do people uh, get in touch with you for the readings? Um, if they go to my website, realbrettbutler.com, they can uh, find out about how to get a reading and do it through there. So So you really enjoy doing the readings? I really do. I love it. It's it's terrific. I a few months ago, pardon me. I uh, I read a woman. I, I was reading a few people that had well, that concerned. I, I I just I I didn't like I didn't like the readings. I didn't like talking to them that much. They wanted to know people that were in hell, and it was just you know like anything. There are people that are probably fall overboard for anything. I have an addictive personality. This struck me as something different, and. I asked Spirit, um, and I thought about it before I asked. I go, I would like to get people that have, I know it sounds like a corny phrase, higher vibrations. I, uh, I say, I say a prayer. I, I do what I do before, uh, before a reading, 
And then when I actually have the person on the phone or I see them, I, I say a prayer that's pretty specific, my specific way of circling the wagons. And I guess what's funny is that I will talk to someone and I know right away if they have another agenda. Um, it's, 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 I guess it's fun to, you know, maybe try and, you know, debunk the, the, the sick, the ex-sitcom star that thinks she's a psychic now. I always see when people are doing that, and I actually used to worry if I could read skeptics and spirits come through for them just as much as anyone else. Um, there's lots of kinds of skeptics. There's the kind of skepticism that I really want people to have. I want, I, I urge people to think critically and not just, like, if I'm reading someone in person, I really don't like looking at their faces because people give you too many clues. They help you too much. When I began the mediumship part of a session, I'll ask people, don't help me, please. Just say yes or no. And it's okay to say no to me. It's like I'm sort of feeling my way. It's, it's across, I get a, I have a, several ways that, that stuff comes in. If I'm hearing things louder than I'm having my usual clear cognizant. It usually, and I underline, usually means that the person to whom I'm speaking is clear audience to a degree. It depends on how it comes in. But uh, once, you know, that's sort of like, I, I tell them it's like, I'm, it's like before you really know how to skate, you sort of skate to one thing and hold on to it and then skate to another, and that's what it's like in a reading until you're grabbing a certain amount of information. And, uh, uh, again, a lot of the times I can see when people, this is a new thing for me, uh, I haven't ever been a particularly clairvoyant in, in that I don't really see lights and colors and things like that. I've, lately I've been able to tell when people have an unbroken circle of light around them, that usually means that they're doing living a life, not necessarily, they don't wake up like, calling Michael and the archangels to surround them with light. It's just people that live pretty clean, upright, moral, uncompromised ways. You build your own light, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's, and, and I know the word vibration is one of those nebulous, psychic words, everything, but this is what all of this is about, um, high vibrations. And uh, a long time ago, that medium I told you about, that famous one, was telling me that someone on the other side was grateful that I had forgiven them and explained that it's, it's one thing like Catholicism has, right, about praying for the dead. It lifts us up and it lifts them up. If I just heard, honey, if I just heard from dead people, I, this would be pretty boring. I mean, their messages are beautiful, but it's pretty simple. It's, we love you so much. We'll be together forever one day if you want to. Uh, please keep being nice to each other. Do not be in a hurry to get over here. Um, and that's where spirits, the souls, can help us. They've lived here before. They know that it's hard and it's skin school, so when it works really well, they they try to illuminate um, the path that we're on, even if it's just a few feet ahead or help us, you know, help support us in decisions that are, that are coming up in our lives. Um, and this is kind of a new thing for me, and again, it's not in every case, but if um, if I'm talking to a client, and the way I've been seeing it lately is, 
if the client or someone close to them has been doing genealogical research, it has an interesting effect in spirits. It's like company comes to call on the other side. I'll actually see people in clothes that are from over 100 years ago where there's no way that my client could have known that person. And the fact is is that those spirits are, you know, people who die in our families before we're born, and I don't understand this at all, are often part of our, you know, in our, our soul, our spirit group the rest of our lives. Um, but I think it's real interesting that if someone's been doing like Ancestor.com or something like that, that they'll line up. And most of the time, there'll be like a client's grandparent who, uh, I had one a couple of weeks ago and her dad's dad was really funny. He, um, he was, they were from New York and the people who were gathering from Ancestor.com, he kind of said, this is for immediate family only. And he goes like, show's over, move along. And I just, I got a big kick out of it because mm. it, it did look like, in a way, I, I compare it to, um, you know, on Gilligan's Island, when the professor got a radio going, had everybody gather around it. Yeah. <laughs> when I- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I first started doing the mediumship thing. That's what I felt like. The, the portal was clogged. I would get, because I wasn't being specific, but I didn't know how to do this. And I would get all kinds of spirits coming through. So maybe the first minute of a reading would be um, an immediate relative of the client or something like that. And then... Uh, it's like on the other side, if they see their, especially the desert island spirits or what I call them, the ones who have not gone to the light, and they're not all rambunctious or just because they're in the lower astral does not mean they're bad, but they're untethered. And I didn't know how to keep them out or, again, protect the reading myself or anything like that. So it, it would seem pretty hectic. And I don't think it's an accident that when this when this happened to me, if you will, that I realized I had among my books, I have a lot of books, but I had uh, about 20, 20 books on metaphysics and half of them pertaining to mediumship specifically from a hundred years ago. Uh, from, but I had like a thousand books. So, I mean, you know, I'm bound to have something like 10 on that subject. Um, if it's not science or math, chances are I'll have a book on it. And a um, hundred years ago was what I call the golden age of mediumship in that uh, first for, for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the advent of technology had not quite begun and people, we, it was just a simpler world. Spirit was kind of closer in. And then it really ramped up because of the horrors of World War One and the influenza outbreak, the epidemic that killed between World War One and influenza, more people were dying a hundred years ago in the world than had ever died at once, aside from the bubonic plague in the Dark Ages. Um, that brought heaven closer to earth and, and vice versa, but there were also some wonderful mediums, some uh, extremely moral and upright and honest mediums of the day that worked with... Back then, a hundred years ago, you could be considered a, a very smart, uh, stellar part of the international intellectual community and dabble in this stuff. You weren't made fun of like you would be today if you believed in this. But, yeah. but people think just because I do this that I believe in uh, Sasquatch or I, I don't want to run around like an old mental institution and punk ghosts that aren't people that aren't in the light yet or things like that. Um People think just because you're a medium that you're some cryptozoology expert and stuff. Um, I do. I do probably cross over in one nut area in that I'm. I just. I think this is just my own hypothesis. The more I do this, uh, and on occasion, some people, just like in real life, some people have a, a much higher level. They don't just have dead loved ones around them. They actually have really high gods. Like, it's coming from, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, you know, Brian Weiss? Mm-hmm, yeah. His book, Many Lives, Many Masters? 
Yeah. Every now and then I'll do a session with the person, and I'm aware of their masters, their spirits within their high gods. And it just leads me to, to wonder if people haven't been confusing angels and aliens for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always a possibility, you know. Uh, has this ever, have you ever been interested in getting into uh, going to haunted places, so to speak, or doing any investigations? No, not not really, um, and because my, my history in haunted places is that, and again, it has to do with the protection that I have asked for for myself. Um, if people like who have, for example, can do what I do, I think it's important that I not be bombarded. I think uh, I am a sensitive and an empath. I can tell what other people are feeling and thinking and uh you have to, you know, kind of put on a, put on your, put on your suit about that. Sometimes, if I go into one of those places, I won't see or hear the scary thing or whatever somebody else is afraid of. But if I'm next to you, I'll see what you're seeing. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, one woman I know said, uh, "This is a couple of years ago." She said, "I have some friends with three-year-old twins." And before she said anything else, I said. The little boy, uh, the little boy uh, sees spirits and the little girl hears them. And that made her hire me right then. So right as I was going over to their house, I knew that these, it was an old house in a, an old house. It was about like 150 years old. And they were seeing a crying old man in that house. And when I met the children, I said, what's the song that you sing that makes the old man quit crying? And and what was funny is their parents were both psychologists and did not believe in this stuff and were kind of just treat, treating me like the help when I went in. But they were concerned for their children. Well, the children told me the name of the song. And uh, I couldn't see the man, but I knew what they were seeing. And they were talking to him. They had their eyes up and were looking at him and everything. And I said, well, I said the things I say that I thought might get that man to go to the light. He was a harmless man. He loved the little children. That's why they could see him. Plus, little kids can see things like this longer than we can. So the kids and I told him that his parents were looking for him, basically. And as uh, and the little boy was so cute. He says, yeah, he says he remembers now. And I just sort of, I, I'm sitting there thinking, well, uh, I don't see this guy, but I know that this is what's going on. And all of a sudden, the little girl goes, wait. And the kids who were three-year-old twins and had that kind of twin, uh, that twin psychic connection that they had, and even their own special language, all of a sudden, without a word, the little girl just handed the, her brother this giant stuffed bear. And the little boy ran way down their hall and lifts the bear up, like way in the air, and said, you forgot to kiss, like, um, Mr. Jinky goodbye, or whatever the bear's name was. And uh, from what I heard after that, that was all. He, he was gone. I, do I think I sent him to the light? No, I'm pretty sure I got some help from those kids. <laughs> you know, I, I might have helped those kids do it, but they're the ones that did. Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever come across a real negative spirit or a sort of demonish sort of thing when you're doing a reading? Uh, yes, I've seen things like that. Uh, I I really don't discuss them um, just because I don't want to give them the energy. Oh, yeah, they're out there. Right. They're, uh, I, see them, I see them connected to other people all the time. 
Look, it would be so easy in life if evil wore a T-shirt in the room and identified itself. But the fact is, is that evil is usually an aspect of something that is not altogether terrible. That's what makes it confounding, confusing, and frightening. Um, that, you know, they, they say Lucifer was an angel who was God's favorite and then fell. And while I was saying that a while ago, look, I, I'm sure there are fallen angels and, and or malevolent extraterrestrial entities, and I'm also sure that it's not going to be my lot in life to be taken by them, abducted by them, implanted. I'm not, I used to not believe that stuff, that that happened to people. Um, I, that's, that's not what I believe now. I do believe that I think people have much more power about or control of those situations than they know. That if you're in a different way, if you're a victim in this life, in this world, you're going to be a spiritual victim as well. And that there are definitely things you can do to stop that and protect yourself. It's sort of like, just like there are interventions for sobriety, there's spiritual interventions that people can make on their own, too. You can white-knuckle it, or you can get help, you know? Yeah. So has this changed your religious point of view? Has, has things changed for you that way? Nope. Nope. I've always believed as a a certain, I, I don't really like religion with a rule book, but uh, what I believe, uh, I knew that I knew that what I believed was a big, merciful, humorous, unrelentingly wise God, and that has not changed, it just broadened. Yeah. And so, um, so do you feel like, um, just... To, I do, well, wait, it yeah. does change me about, I, I get so pissed off when uh, people use uh, a God of love and of, uh, like, in, uh, illumination, and uh, there's a loving way that we're all instructed about, you know, how to be better people. And when people, it, it takes two to tango. If someone threatens you with hellfire and you actually, like, change your life because you're afraid of hell, it just seems so, like, boy, I, why not change your life because things are just delightful in the light instead of being afraid of someone else judging you? I don't believe in a God. Like, I think most people have a hard time getting their heads around how much the Creator loves us. He's certainly not waiting to kick our butts when we come home. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've seen as many negative spiritual entities around religious people as I have supposedly godless pagans that uh, religion and spirituality are not hand-in-hand. Hand. They can be, but yeah. they, they, they don't really have that much to do with each other in spirit. Or, or as one old guy told me on the other side, he laughed. And he actually used to be a very devout so-and-so in his religion, and he said, as it turns out, there's no seating chart over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and lately there's certainly been a lot of that brought forward, you know, with everything going on, like the, you know, gay marriage. What? And, uh, you what? Know, oh, oh, that, oh, that, oh, those people. Oh, I, I think, you know what, if, frankly, if hell, if if those people that, that holler about people going to hell, if those people are the ones in heaven, I will just buy sunblock. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, that's, that I don't even want to be around them. It's it's horrible. And I'm not even just talking about the Westboro Baptist Church people who are living in hell, basically, to believe that. Yeah. Or it's sort of like a friend of mine who is a fan of and an expert of, on some of the wildest conspiracy theories, and he, he was asking me about several, and he said, do you think they're true? And I said, if you believe them, then they automatically become true for you. Whatever we believe is true is true. It's just, you know, the nature of belief and truth. It doesn't mean I think it is, but they do. Right. It's our own reality, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And so, um, so uh, now, um, so where do you see, you don't really know where you're going to go with this. You don't know if you're going to go. Well, who does? Yeah, that's true. I mean, none of us really know, do we? <laughs> right, right. I I do have a feeling that I, it's funny, like, I'll give you an example. I think it's like 12 or 12 years ago, I told my boyfriend, I don't think I'm going to have a problem with hecklers anymore. And he said, oh, honey, they'll always be hecklers. I said, I didn't say they wouldn't have them. I said I wouldn't have a problem with them anymore. And I got a kick out of it because I go, well, look, I've been a comedian for 20 years. And you you sort of begin to know the, the things that can show up or the things that can happen. And it felt really good last week. I was doing something. I was just cleaning my house. And I realized that I was proud of what I do mediumship-wise, just like I am comedy. And it, it took some time. Comedy was something that, like, before I fell asleep at night, I would have this, you know, right before that hypnagogic state, right before you sleep. I would see myself on stage at a more advanced level than I was then, and doing really well. And then um, time would pass, I'd do more shows, and then my stand-up would get to that level that I had had in that reverie. And then the reverie would advance again. Um, I don't really have the same kind of images of myself as a medium, because I, you know, it, it's not performance-oriented to me. I mean, I suppose to an extent it is. Um, but I, I know that my comfort level with it grows every day. And I'm, I try to be honest with people. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'll be talking to them, like, early in the reading, I can tell whether stuff is usually going to come through or not. And I was talking to a woman a few weeks ago, and I just went, you know what? I asked her, <clears throat> Pardon me. I asked her a few things, and I said, you know what? I'm not getting anything. And she goes, oh, I, I know I'm a hard read. And I said, I'm not blaming you. And, and I'm not saying I'm a bad medium, I guess. I, I personally would have, I have difficulty with any psychic saying that they're on 100% of the time. And I told her, I said, if nothing comes through, I'll, I'll bounce your PayPal back. I don't, you know, I basically said, if this were all I could do, I never would hang my shingle as a psychic. Most of the time, when I say that, something shifts in the reading and then information starts to come in. So, so I think if I stay honest with it and, and, and be in the moment with it, then I, I'll get what I need and hopefully, you know, what's more important is the person getting the reading will get what they need. Yeah. Why, well, why do you think there's hecklers, or, or so to speak, um, about mediumship. Because I think there's plenty of partially formed humans out there that just blurt things out. It's a combination of not being brought up well and not being committed enough to their own excellence not to resent what other people are trying to do on their path. 
I, I try never to worry about things that happen to me. I get more annoyed when there there are spiritual there are people who heckle spiritually. There are people that that excuse the expression piss on other people's parades all the time. People like that irritate me. But I I like knowing that and I'm not saying this in a vicious way, that karma operates moment by moment in this world. And that usually if someone is behaving uh, spiritually or literally in ways that are unconscionable, that, and I urge people not to wish ill, bad things for anyone, because, and, and I don't walk around knowing this all the time, we are all connected, and when those people, just the fact that they're who they are, or as my mother put it, there's nothing so bad you could wish on that guy that being himself isn't worse than. Just being who they are is the payback. Yeah. And so how do you deal with that, like uh, personally? Um, it's really, well, it's interesting to me because, like you know, when you if you if you get negativity or negative negative people saying things on, let's say, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hang around it. I have, I just sort of have a blank feeling about it. <clears throat> like I say, I just, I don't. If I if if I cared what, uh, like it, it's sort of like seventh grade mentality. It's seventh graders. Like uh, gossip is juvenile. Um, uh, I, I worry again. I worry more about cruelty to other people. I just move on. Is why anyone would stand in the line of fire for an abysmal, uh, you know, reaction from someone? Things like that aren't necessary. Why do you stay around that? It's it's sort of like uh, walking, you know, stepping in piles of things on purpose. There's, you know, I I, I don't deal with it. That's that's how like I think that's that's a clue to happiness is mo you ask people who are happy tend to go to the light while we're alive and that's what makes you know then when when we die we cross over we're real at home with what's over there. Where, where do you think that is? What's your opinion on the afterlife? Oh, it's whatever whatever we live like here is going to color that a lot. It's no there's no one place. There's no pearly gates. That looks the same for all of us. The afterlife is as different as the different kinds of people who are alive. And anybody that says they have a, a, a chart of how it is over there, I would uh, kind of tiptoe away from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's, there's no, they don't know any more than anybody else. There's no answer. Yeah. Right. Well, some people do know more, but I tend to think those are the people who are pretty quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, the less you say. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, so, thank you. Let's let's talk about how you people can get a hold of you um, if they need to contact you or if they need to send you a message or something. How Real Butler dot com. Uh, my assistant Wesley uh, takes care of everything. Real Butler dot com is the website. You can get the info on a reading. You can book one. Uh, you can send email there, and he'll get things to me. That's fantastic. Well, I really appreciate you taking time and talking about uh, what's thank going you, on. Thank you, and thank your listeners, and, and thanks for you know thanks for being curious and uh, for putting these subjects up in a way, um, and you being so thoughtful. Um, 
I, I just would love if people who, look, I tend to think that skeptics skew a higher IQ than people who believe everything that comes across their path. But I also think skeptics wouldn't be harmed if their minds were open a little bit more. And I think your show really helps with that. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.